2: Straight up with no chaser, you're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I, I hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. And I think that's
3: where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from live. All I've got, tried to do is protect what the PJ Tour is and what the PGA Tour stands for.
0: I really wish Rory would tell us how he feels. Just open up a little bit. Brian Koziel is the host of Tita to Green. You can hear it on WGR and the free-to-download Odyssey app. Also Sabres Radio Network. Brian, good with his time and joining us now on a day where, I, you know, I don't know that we were expecting to talk golf with you this week, maybe next week in front of a major, Brian, but yeah, the, the world has changed here in the last 48 hours. How are you?
3: I'm great. Good afternoon, guys. It certainly has changed on the golf perspective. Um, Yeah, who saw this coming? Evidently, obviously, very, very few did, and almost no players at all knew what was happening yesterday as the news started to spread. Um, You're right, though. Rory McIlroy right now is the best interview in golf. He gives really, I think, thoughtful and highly opinionated uh, quotes for us to all listen to. Uh, his interview this afternoon from what he said, I was very enthralled by to hear because I immediately thought of him first yesterday when I heard the news. Yeah. I thought, well, Jay Monaghan's decided to go in and take the money to you know, for a variety of reasons which we can get into, but I immediately thought of I wonder how Rory feels. Like that was the first player I thought of right away yesterday when I heard the news.
2: Yeah, and if the reports are true, like say somebody like Tiger, seven hundred to eight hundred million, he turned down. I'm sure there are others. And I thought Rory gave an interesting answer. Like, um, could could he be made whole, Uh, Brian? Yeah, like he'd like to. I don't know how they go about it here.
3: Yeah, I mean, what what do you say? Well, what were you offered, and you know, can we meet you in the middle and then write you a check? Like, I don't know how that you know is going to play out. I would have to think. In some sense, there'll be some sort of compensation, either through actual money and other opportunities along the way. I think that would have to come about here because you're right. I mean, Rory turned down, oh, you know, in excess of 200 or so million. I'm sure Hideki Matsuyama reporting it was over 200 million. John Rahm was in that range. I mean, heck, we heard Sam Burns and Will Zalatoris were getting offered $100 million. So, I mean, the players, and they're not even anywhere near in the in the league of Rory and Rom and guys like that. So, um, I don't know how that's going to play out. There definitely has to be, I'm sure, some reconciliation. If uh, fully you're going to get guys like Rory to be 100% back, uh, believing everything you say, if you're Jay Monaghan again. Uh, I got to think, so, in the end you know, welcome to professional sports, right? Like we, like we don't talk about it enough on talk shows that money ultimately was the ultimate factor behind everything, which, you know, part of the reason I love golf is the tradition of golf. And we like to think that we love sports for many reasons beyond just money. Well, it was a friendly reminder yesterday, and I would call it an unfriendly one that money again is priority number one in professional sports, regardless of the sport.
0: I know that the PGA championship acts independently of the PGA tour, but I'm curious because it always comes back to Rochester when when you see Brooks Koepka winning a major, knowing that he's a Live Tour golfer and knowing just how well funded the Live Tour is and will be and was going to be, did that did that kind of like push the accelerator on this a little bit? If you're Jay Monahan, that you knew it wasn't going away, so the best way for it to—I mean, I have other theories that we'll get to—but is that was that a factor? Do you think, Brian, in, in your decision here to kind of merge?
3: I think it's definitely a piece because a big incentive of players staying with the PGA tour and not going to live was that they had access to golf's fundamental premier events. And when Brooks Kepka walks in with a chance to win the masters, he's in the final round on Sunday. And then he again goes on. And as you said, won at Oak Hill, like all right, Brooks kepka has got access to this now essentially forever, you know, in terms of his golf prime, you know, career in his prime. So how does, how does he get punished? You know, like there's supposed to be the pros and cons of of going over to live. Well, the the con was you don't have access. Well, Brooks Koepka is really probably not concerned about access to maybe the RBC Canadian Open. He's got access to what he cares about most, which is majors. So I got to think that that maybe was a piece of what sped things along here a little bit. The fact that the players were, In the dark so much, I think that you're on to something that maybe they did this quicker than they initially planned, but maybe they were fearful that things were going to start to get out and they wanted to get ahead of it.
2: Yeah, I, I'm also wondering too. Just the legal piece of this now. You know, of course, there was you know lawsuits both sides. Um, if you're the PGA Tour, you don't you don't have uh, you know this unlimited wealth uh, that uh, the public investment fund does. So that's problem number one. But problem number two, Brian, I'm just curious. And again, this is a little out of our scope, certainly, but. Did Monaghan do this because, well, the DOJ is poking around and who knows what could be uncovered? Is that factor into this?
3: I mean, if you believe Phil Mickelson, then your statement's probably correct because Mickelson said there was a lot more that people were going to find out along the way here about how some of the handlings were happening behind the scenes. Now, I can't sit here and say that I have any sort of evidence or I've been told by anybody that covers golf that there's like, you know, criminal evidence against what the PGA tour was doing or anything, you know, in some sense dirty about what Jay Monahan was doing in terms of handling funds. Um, But I mean, we definitely have heard players say that it wasn't run the way it should have been. They didn't take care of their stars. Ultimately in the end, a big lure of whatever you value in live golf. If, if, if I'm going to say, well, what's, what's luring me to ever, watch live golf in its current fashion, it's that they still do have some stars and they do have some major winners in Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith. Like that's part of the, I would say the attraction for me. Now, others might say, Ooh, I like the, uh, the more laid back format. Others might say, I love the music on the holes and all these sort of, you know, not to downgrade any of these ideas, but, um, I think that when the, you know, to answer your question, I think that there is a piece of that, that the litigation ends, The lawsuits end and the investigations end, and now all that goes away. So if there was something that they wanted to hide or there was something that they didn't want to get out of the public, uh, that obviously is taken care of too here by getting this announcement out and done very quickly.
0: Yeah, and with that haste that they got it out, you know, we really don't know what this means in terms of the the actual game, other than what they're telling us, which is this is going to be great for the game of golf. But what will it mean, Brian? What What do you think? I mean, do you think there will be elements of Live Tour now worked into the PGA Tour? I mean. I know they're going to announce over the course of the next weeks and months what this all might mean, but do you have any any kind of like initial thoughts of what we could see this this game turn into?
3: There'll be a couple elements that they'll at least try that I think we'll see. Now, the team aspect is something that I didn't find something that would draw me to watch live Golf but it sounds like maybe they will try to do it in some aspect, maybe on a smaller scale, or at least maybe in a certain small number of events. Uh, the PGA Tour has a partner event that they play in that Zurich Classic of New Orleans, but that's not really a team thing where you're on a team all year accumulating. Um, so I, I still think like the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup, in that order in terms of importance, matter so much more. And people are into that. I don't know if I need to have guys on a team, per se, to get me more invited into watching the game. But I think that's something they might try. The thing that I definitely think, if you're saying, like, you know, predict what we saw and live that will now become part of whatever the new PGA Tour is, I definitely think you'll see no-cut events. I think one thing that sponsorships and sponsors said, look, I'm going to give you triple the money that I did last year for this event to make this a quote elevated event. And you're promoting the fact that Rory McIlroy and John Rahm are playing in this event and then both get cut and are not going to be there on Saturday and Sunday when we're selling all these corporate suites and providing all these tickets. And then our biggest eyeballs on television are Saturday and Sunday. And they're not there because they missed the cut. I think we will see that. And I know that that's one thing the PGA tour had maybe hinted was going to happen regardless of whether this quote, agreement came together or not, uh, I think we will see some events that are no cut going forward to keep the stars there all four days.
2: We're talking with uh, Brian Koziel. He is the host of Tea to Green, which you hear Saturday mornings on WGR. Also, <clears throat> Pardon me? Uh, in the Odyssey app. Brian, as, as far as, well, gosh, if you go back a year, these were some of the conversations we were having last year. Like, it's the morality question. And, um, you know, when Phil Mickle and I, I always point to Phil, like, hey, he said it himself. It's, it's okay to feel kind of conflicted about all this. And we're getting all these quotes that are coming back from Jay Monahan, and he walks like the world's biggest hypocrite. Brian, how is he still in charge right now? Should we expect, should we demand uh, new leadership from the PGA Tour?
3: To me, out of yesterday, I mean, that's the one that comes up looking the worst. You can feel sorry for Rory and some of these players. Um, you know, you could say, well, Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman were validated. I don't know if I'd go that far. But I think what you definitely can say is that Jay Monaghan looks like an absolute fool, talking out of one end of his mouth and then the next day reverting it to doing something else. I mean, the fact that he has even admitted that he's a hypocrite, I mean, guys will spin and spin and spin and spin to try to make them save their face, but the fact that he knows he has legitimately no argument at all, I mean, that just shows how blatant it was. I mean, the quote that we keep hearing over and over and over is the interview he did with Jim Nance last year when he said, you know, tell me if you've ever had to apologize. I don't know if I have this quote perfect, but essentially it's tell me when you've ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA tour. And that was in reference to them talking about the families of the nine 11 coalition and that sort of thing. And, you know, now all of a sudden he's in an agreement and in a partnership and in a business relationship with the same people that are exactly getting the same money from the spot that you just essentially said was, you know, really like on unholy ground to go get that money from.
0: And also Brian, just be- because it's still recent and fresh in our memory. I mean, you know, we, I think a year ago, you know, there was a, almost a campaign to villainize the guys that were leaving live tour and Phil was public enemy. Number one yet. You know, whether you're talking about his performance at the Masters, certainly at Oak Hill. I mean, I saw a lot of support for Phil Mickelson. A lot of people following Phil around the course and rooting and cheering Phil on. Not in a jeering way, either. With support, with love, game-recognizing game. Do you think Monaghan took note of that as well and just realized, like, look, the public's not going to hate these guys the way we thought they would hate these guys?
3: I think you're right. I think that's a piece of it for sure. I mean... Honestly, other than Deshambo, I got nothing, at least, you know, I walk the course every day and I didn't hear one negative jeer for any player other than maybe a little for Deshambo. And I think that has nothing to do with Liv. I think that has to do with DeShambo. Yeah. Tipka uh, I thought got a ton of love. DJ I thought got a couple a ton of love. And Mickelson, as you said, he still got as large a galleries as he got before he joined Liv. He's a player that you want to see. He's one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. And he's charismatic, let's face it. And he interacts with the crowd to get people excited to come watch him play. So I don't think that's going to change. I think he will walk around the U.S. Open next week with maybe a little higher strut and his shoulders back a little more. He'll be walking around. I mean, next week, if you thought McIlroy was good today, I just wait till next week when all the live players are at the uh, LA Country Club for the U.S. Open, and it's you know media sessions there. I think we're going to be getting some really juicy sound bites come next week too.
2: Yeah, Brian Koziel uh, is our guest here. Of course, this is a fun part of the schedule. Uh, it really is, uh, where, where you have the Canadian Open, almost like your your warm up for the U.S. Open. So, your thoughts is they're on a new track up there uh, this week up in Canada, and we were hoping to get you on next week, uh, Brian. But uh, well, you know, but but your thoughts on you know can Rory actually go back to back here?
3: Yeah, and I believe he's actually going for three in a row. That's right. Oh, okay. I think that's right. Um, well, for sure going for back-to-back. I know he won last year. But he himself definitely, you know, with the focus and the attention that he got today, the focus that he put himself in by being the voice of the PGA Tour, like people were ready to talk to him no matter what would be news. But now add into the fact that he's defending his title at the Canadian Open. He was so popular. Last year, I feel like was the moment last year where I said, you know what? I think the PGA tour is going to be just fine. There was a, there was a little while there where Kepka left and Deshambo left and Mickelson obviously left right away. And some of the European veteran players left. Um, And then after Cam Smith decided to leave, I was like, eh, but last year, if you remember how great the Canadian open played out, McIlroy was there. I think Finau was in his group. There was some weather delays, too. It was, a, it was a final group of three, if I'm recalling. Three really well-known players. and They were all battling. And pulling it out in the end. And it was as exciting a finish as we've seen. And our thing is saying, you know what, the P J Tour is going to be just fine. But I think, you know, when you have those personalities playing into it, I think that's a, still a piece of why yesterday's news came about. Ultimately, People want to watch stars. They want to get the best golfers in the world playing together on a regular basis. If there's any positive that comes out of yesterday, I think it's that golf fans ultimately in the end will still be, get be, be winners in this sense, because whether it's next year or however, there the process is to reapply to get membership back. Even if it's not immediate, at some point you're going to have the best players in the world, all playing regular events, on a more frequent basis and for us as golf fans then i think we win there's a lot of arguments and talk shows that i'm sure we could all do about how money funds sports and where the money comes from that we could probably all sit here and poke holes at but i think ultimately a year or two from now we're going to be seeing the best golfers in the world now compete regularly on a more frequent basis which is good for all of us as golf fans
0: Brian, before we let you go, I wanted to get your thoughts on the end of the season for the Rochester Americans, the off-season checklist here for Kevin Adams, and and how it all looks as we uh, start to look ahead to a new season uh, for the Buffalo Sabres here coming up in the fall.
3: Well, obviously a great season for the Amherst. We know, of course, disappointment in terms of how it ends. I mean, just seeing those games, how Rochester's offense was literally just unstoppable, and then all of a sudden, against Hershey, and, you know, I'm giving the Bears the credit for this. It's not like Rochester all of a sudden did something wrong. The Bears defensively were outstanding. Gamert's power play, obviously, you know, that's something I'm sure you guys have discussed, really let them down. I mean, yeah. Had they just gotten some more timely power play goals, I think that series could have very easily flipped uh, in the Gamer's direction. But, I mean, what a great experience for these young players, the fact that they were able to go through, get all the way to the Eastern Finals. And I think that's going to benefit those players that are going to be on Buffalo next year. I mean, Kyle Oposo, who was at the finals cheering on his buddies, Jack Heichel and Sam Reinhardt, have already said, like, look, our expectations next year is there's no reason why maybe we can't beat Florida. I mean, the Sabres legitimately finished one point behind the Panthers. And I'm not sitting here saying that, well, Buffalo would have beaten Boston, beaten Toronto, but things happen in the playoffs. You get on rolls, there's injuries, there's things that go your way with puck luck, and you never know. I don't see any reason why Buffalo not only can't make the playoffs next year, but think about maybe – Advancing and doing some damage in it. And the experience that some of these Amrick players got that I think will be with the Sabres next year, that's good. As far as your question about what's Kevin Adams' priority, I know last year we were talking at this time, it was what is he going to do with the goalie? And ultimately, I think the Sabres missed the playoffs because of inconsistent goaltending. So this year, is it going to be Devin Levi, or are we going to see them make a move for another veteran and have that maybe be the one-two punch? I know the rumors about Connor Hollaback from Winnipeg are out there. I don't know if there's any validity to that. If I want to bet on it, I would say there's nothing to it because Kevin Adams always, always, always says, I'm sticking with the plan. I'm going to use patience, whether fans like it or not. And to me, that means we might see a year of Devin Levi and Uka Pekka-Lukanen together.
2: Uh, Brian, uh, whereabouts will you be this Saturday? Tell everybody about t Green here.
3: So we are going to uh, I think one of the cool spots uh, in Western New York, Marble League Golf Course in Orchard Park. It's a all par three, 18 hole course, but it has lights and it's able to be played at night. And people are playing golf till midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So uh, we're gonna be there. We think it's a great spot for kids and a great spot to learn for golf. So we're gonna be there, and uh, obviously quite a bit more about uh, what has happened with the news. Of golf this week so hope everybody can listen on the odyssey app seven to eight uh, this weekend and on wgr and then uh, next saturday we'll be on for two hours for u.s open coverage so that'll be uh coming up in two saturdays from now
0: i love it brian thank you so much for giving us some time let's let's try and connect next week uh, in advance of the u.s open too that'd be great
3: okay guys sounds good i'm looking forward to it you guys thanks
0: brian he is the host of tita green you can hear it on wgr or odyssey sports sister station and you can also check it out inside the free-to-download Odyssey app as well. Brian Koziel is the best. I want one of those here in Rochester. Par we, three? It, you, par three. Can well, we, can have we to, get some lights at Buttonwood? Yeah, Buttonwood is the
2: only one, actually, in Monroe County, all par three. But like somebody come up with that idea, get
0: some lights going. I'm trying to think here. Buttonwood. I I'm familiar with the front nine. I'm not as familiar with the back nine at Buttonwood. I I would think that you could get away with some lights in the front nine at Buttonwood. Though. I don't. It's not a lot think of real estate. The town of Ogden would allow it though.
2: Yeah, <laughs> mm, politicians, zoning boards. Yeah.
0: Uh, we've got some news and notes to get to from around the NFL. We'll sprinkle in some NFL appetizers next. Happy hours right around the corner. You're welcome to join us as well. 585 4 fan six six four three two six. 4326 Danger and Bataglia in the sports bar on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. How powerful is Cox Internet?